Wasabi Wallet. Unfairly Private. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. Lots going on this week in the Bitcoin world. We have Kevin O'Leary capitulating. We'll chat a little bit about that. Of course, uh, MicroStrategy is always buying, always stacking sats. Um, uh, some interesting stuff around Bitcoin ETFs. Uh, Kentucky, interesting regulations there. China, FUD again, tons of it. We're going to cover it all today. Uh, this, of course, is live. So quick little uh, side note from my good friend Bill here. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Again, thank you all for showing up. Make sure you're smashing that like button. Give this a share. We already got 50 people watching live. Uh, let's get even more eyeballs in here. Uh, as always, I am Ben with the BTC Sessions, and this is your daily session. Off we go. Before we dive in, let's take a look at where we are in the market right now. So I'm here on the bitbo.io dashboard. We're just over 48K. We're kind of popping around a bunch. We did dive down to the low 40,000s, 43-ish, in and around there earlier in the week, but it's since bounced back. We were above 50 the other day. We went up close to around 52. Um, yeah, so we, we're kind of downwards today, but if you zoom out a little bit, when in doubt, zoom out friends uh you know yeah the other day we were up uh well into 52 actually 52 and a half um but if you zoom out you take a look at the month really we're still up on the month we're still up like 34 percent on the month and if you look year to date we're up 64 percent. so pretty damn good year if i do say so myself and if you look back a year it's astounding um <laughs> it's like we're up 449%. So let's put it in per, into perspective, people. Uh, yeah, things are, are looking up. Anyways, uh, for a single US dollar, you can currently grab 2,079 sats, uh, over 2,000. So bit of a steal going on. Uh, let's see, 88.78% of all Bitcoin have currently been mined. And in terms of sats, down a little bit now, 80 sats per byte or 81 sats per byte will get you into the next block. If you're willing to wait an hour, you can cut that in half to around 40 sats per byte. Not bad. Nice to, nice to see double digit uh, transaction fees uh, as opposed to a hundred and something for next block. Not bad to see, I suppose. So if you've got some transactions to get through, maybe now's the time. Maybe you can uh, do a few things. Anyways, before we dive into the news, of course, shout out to sponsors of the show, Ledin.io. This is where you can use your Bitcoin for a variety of different services. They've saved my butt on a few occasions when I needed to get my hands on dollars and I didn't want to sell my Bitcoin because I never do, but in particularly because that's a taxable event and I was worried about having a buyback and at a higher price. Here, I could deposit Bitcoin, get dollars in my bank account within a day. And then when I pay back those dollars, I get back the same amount of Bitcoin, which is kind of the important number that you're looking at. Of course, they've got Bitcoin and USDC savings accounts, interest rates of up to 12.5% annually paid monthly. And their B2X offering uses the same loan mechanism to buy you more Bitcoin, uh, effectively doubling, doubling your Bitcoin on the spot. Links below, if you click that link and you opt to get one of their loans, they will give you 25 bucks for free into your savings account. 
Up next, the Kobo Vault, one of my regularly used hardware wallets. I just did a video the other day on Sparrow Wallet for desktop where you can uh, make multi-sig wallets and everything. I used Kobo and a bunch of other devices in there. Anyways, I love it because it's air-gapped, 100% offline. That means you never plug it into your computer or a phone. It's all done via QR code, and that keeps the keys to your money safe and offline. It has a secure element, Bitcoin-only firmware. If you upgrade to that, which I do recommend, be sure to check them out. Links below. I am using the Cobalt Pro. Now, I do live on Bitcoin, of course, and I need to eat. I do need to send, spend sats in order to survive. And one of the ways I do that is through BitRefill. Super easy way to spend Bitcoin if you choose to do so. Of course, they've got every possible gift card you could imagine here and they accept bitcoin via regular mainnet transactions or via the lightning network if you're looking for cheap and fast transactions bonus here you earn sats back as you utilize their website so be sure to check them out and finally Again, guys, I hear more and more of this. I'm getting phone calls. I'm private sessions, stuff like this. Hey, I didn't back up my seed well enough. Uh, how do I get my Bitcoin back? You don't. So you have to be careful with your backup. If you're backing it on, up on paper, please, please do be careful. But you might want something a little bit more robust like the bill bottle here. It is solid steel and you can store your backup phrase to any wallet in it. Um, this prevents you from succumbing to fire damage or water damage or just accidentally throwing the thing out because it's a sheet of paper. Steel, not as likely to happen. So be sure to check them out. Links down below. And with that, let's dive into the news. Uh, so, I mean, the thumbnail for this is Kevin O'Leary. He got into Bitcoin. So this is what he tweeted, or rather, I guess, shared in, on Instagram via Twitter as well. Uh, is Bitcoin a currency, property, an asset? Maybe all of the above? I'm going with a 3% portfolio allocation, and I'm looking at investing in miners that can create coin under a mandate of zero carbon so sustainably. Interesting. And if you'll notice, I'll, I'll uh, blow it up here. <laughs> he, he has fucking laser eyes. <laughs> oh, man, the laser eyes thing. I, I love seeing people in the mainstream start to partake in this. I just find it so funny because either they love it or they hate it. And so you get the opposition. We had Peter Brandt, uh, who's big into, uh, I think he created Bollinger Bands, one, like a market indicator. <laughs> Anyways, he, he's not having the, uh, the laser eyes. He thinks it's like the most bearish thing he's ever seen. It's making him reconsider uh, Bitcoin. Anyways, yeah, I thought it was super hilarious that, that he would... Uh, <laughs> let a meme influence his thoughts on the scarcest asset humanity has ever seen. But um, in terms of Kevin O'Leary himself, he's been weird because he's kind of flip-flopped. There's clips of him years back, like 2013, saying that he actually saw value in Bitcoin. And those seem to have, like, they kind of fell to the wayside. People forgot about those. And then he became, like, very against Bitcoin and thought that the whole asset class was trash and all this stuff. Then he did a podcast with Anthony Pompliano a while back. And I did listen to that one. And he was somewhat open in that conversation, uh, but still he was still skeptical afterwards. And now it seems, uh, his skepticism was, was, uh, a little bit of misdirection because clearly he was building up a bit of a position as he was seeing the opposite. So, yeah, I, I think we're going to continue to see lots of that type of tactic. We've seen tons of it so far this year. Uh, either way, Mr. Wonderful, he's in. <laughs> 
let's move on. Robinhood, I'm happy to see not the Dogecoin part of this uh, news, but but regardless. So Robinhood offers um, the ability to get exposure to the price of Bitcoin through their app. But up until now, that's basically just been a Bitcoin IOU. It means you can put money in, you track the price of Bitcoin, you can never withdraw it. Well, that is now going to be not the case, as they've said in a tweet here. Robinhood sent out, they said, oh God, so much interest in crypto. To be crystal clear, we fully intend to provide the ability to deposit and withdraw cryptocurrencies. And then they say, including Doge, because I guess that's the meme of the moment. Um, yeah. And then they also go on to clarify, Robinhood Crypto does not currently invest in cryptocurrency or use any customer cryptocurrency for our own benefit. And that was because of a, a rumor going around that they were the top holder of Dogecoin. That seems not to be the case. Uh, but nonetheless, it's nice to see that kind of market pressures have forced them to say, yeah, we need to offer deposits and withdrawals because a lot of Bitcoiners, they want to hold their own keys and I don't blame you. And if you're sitting on something like Robinhood and you don't have the option to withdraw, but you want to hold your own keys, then you could be sitting in a situation where Bitcoin goes up a whole bunch. And in order to hold it yourself, you're forced to sell incurring a capital gain, which means you got to pay taxes on that. And then you have to buy back in at a different spot that allows you to withdraw. So glad to see this coming. When is it coming? Coming? We don't really know. But uh, nonetheless, great development. I hope to see the same happen with PayPal uh, and some other. I think there's one called Mogo in Canada that does the same thing. Wealth Simple, all that kind of stuff. They got to keep with the times because people want to hold their own Bitcoin. Um, and no surprise here, MicroStrategy is still buying Bitcoin. They just bought another billion. They've got $4 billion worth of Bitcoin. And then they just added another $15 million as if they didn't have enough already. I guess you can never really have enough. I know Michael Saylor says that he loses sleep thinking of how he doesn't have enough Bitcoin. Um, anyways, they acquired an additional $15 million in Bitcoin at an average price of $45,710. So they're already up marginally on that. I mean, congrats, I guess. But I mean, the real story here is that they have $4 billion worth of Bitcoin and they're not done buying. I'm, I'm just waiting for the FOMO here to kick in even further. And it already seems to be. So let's kind of dive deeper into uh, what we're talking about here. Goldman Sachs has restarted its cryptocurrency desk amid Bitcoin boom. Now I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that these guys don't fucking get it. Uh, but I digress. Let's read a little bit what it says here. What it says here, Goldman Sachs Group has restarted its cryptocurrency trading desk and will deal uh, be de begin dealing Bitcoin futures and non-deliverable forwards for clients from next week, a person familiar with the matter said. So non-deliverable, -de that means that you can speculate on the price of Bitcoin, but again, it's not deliverable in actual Bitcoin. It's settled in dollars. Whack. Um the team will sit within the U.S. Bank's Global Markets Division. The person said uh, the desk is part of Goldman Sachs activities within the fastest growing digital assets sector, um, fast growing digital assets sector, which also includes projects involving blockchain technology and central bank digital currencies. Their case in point, they kind of don't fucking get it. Anyways, um, so they famously uh, started up their crypto trading desk 
as the bear market was getting into full swing in early 2018. And so shortly thereafter, because there just wasn't as much retail interest anymore, uh, they shut it down. So, I mean, I guess at least this time they're starting not at the tail end of a bull market maybe is the silver lining. I don't know. I still don't think they get it. It took them this long to do it. Didn't seem like they were prepping for it at all um, until it started going through the roof like the past few months. So, and they already had the infrastructure there. So it's probably just flicking a switch and say, okay, well, we'll start this again. Um, they seem to just be trying to follow whatever the current trend is and not actually learning about the space. I don't know. It's Goldman Sachs, I guess. Who cares? <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, Bitcoin is at a tipping point and could become, quote, the currency of choice for global trade, Citibank says. So Citibank put out a report the other day. Uh, I'll read here from CNBC. Citi thinks that Bitcoin is at a tipping point and could one day become the currency of choice for international trade as companies like Tesla and PayPal warm to it and central banks explore issuing their own digital currencies. Quote, there are a lot uh, there are a host of risks and obstacles that stand in the way of Bitcoin progress, the U.S. Bank's global perspectives and solutions team wrote in a note Monday. Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin's future is thus still uncertain, but developments in the near term are likely to prove decisive as the currency balances at the tipping point of mainstream acceptance or a speculative implosion. Uh, yeah, so I mean, th they they got into a lot of stuff in this report. There's certain things that I liked about it. You know, they talk about how um, you know Bitcoin can can drive more efficient uses of energy, so on and so forth. They talk about the Lightning Network, but they also they also made some really bad mistakes in the report. Like they were talking about instances of fraud, and rathering rather than using uh, basis points, which is like one one hundredth of a percent, uh, they used actual full percent. So I can't I can't remember what the numbers were, but they said, oh, like thirteen percent of something is fraud, but it was supposed to be point one three percent. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, some glaring problems with that report, but I don't know. What are you gonna do? It's funny because both sides, you know, Bitcoiners were friggin' stoked about the report. But I feel like a lot of people didn't read it uh, because there were some pretty bad mistakes in it. But then also the the parts that were really good, the people that don't like Bitcoin just pointed to the bad parts and didn't point out the accuracies in and around things like Lightning Network settling ton, you know, mil millions of transactions per second, so on and so forth. So anyways, everybody took what they wanted from that one. Uh, moving on, the CBOE applies to list the first Bitcoin ETF in the U.S., uh, so in, in the closing days of 2020, investment firm Van Eck filed an application with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, or the SEC, to form the Van Eck Bitcoin Trust, an exchange-traded fund, or ETF. Equities market operator CBOE has now filed a proposal with the SEC to list and trade shares in that trust. The filing, it says, builds on Venex's earlier S1 filing and represents the next steps in bringing what could be the first U.S. Bitcoin ETF to market. Uh, the proposed rule change would list and trade shares of the Vanek Bitcoin Trust. Uh, and according to the rule, the shares would be redeemable for Bitcoin. So the first ever Bitcoin ETF application was filed back in June of 2016 by the Winklevoss twins from uh, Gemini. 
Uh, that got shot down. There's been just a slew of ETFs that have been slapped down in previous years, but with the recent uptick in interest, um, we're seeing kind of a round of refilings. And here in Canada, we actually have uh, two Bitcoin ETFs, and I believe one of our closed-ended funds is actually now filing to be redesignated as an ETF so that they can more closely track the price of Bitcoin. And so I think that pressure from just north of the border, you know, now that we've done it, I feel like the US isn't going to want to miss out on that market. Also worth noting that the Bitcoin ETF here was the number one traded uh, Bitcoin ETF upon launch uh, across the entire market, like by a lot. It was like triple whatever the next one was. So it was pretty crazy to see. And I think people in the US, you know, regulators are seeing that saying, well, you know, how long are we going to let people not have this. And not to mention, you have people basically using MicroStrategy as a Bitcoin ETF, right? So it doesn't make sense. Like people are already finding workarounds that are less efficient than just holding a Bitcoin ETF. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I would be surprised to not see one hit the US market at some point in the next year. Uh, moving on, Anthony Scaramucci uh, from Skybridge Capital, he tweeted out, Important development in Bitcoin, Stone Ridge filed with the SEC to become the first open-ended mutual fund to buy Bitcoin. Stone Ridge, if you'll remember, Ross Stevens was on with uh, Michael Saylor from MicroStrategy during their education sessions around Bitcoin uh, over the last, when was that, a few weeks ago, where they hosted like thousands of private businesses that were interested. Anyways, he continues on. This is a big deal. Stone Ridge filing openings opens the door for every mutual fund to add Bitcoin if they want to. Stone Ridge will be able to start buying Bitcoin on April 26th when their prospectus goes effective. So, you know, we are what, a month and a half out from that? A little over a month and a half out from Stone Ridge being able to add Bitcoin into their mutual fund. Uh, very interesting. And I'm curious if that, again, snowballs into other mutual funds. I have to believe it will. Um, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think what we're seeing right now is what is going to contribute to the peak of the bull market because all of this stuff, it's coming down the pipeline but people a lot of these places have not yet started or been allowed to acquire bitcoin yet so um you know i i think what you'll see is these guys pile in it'll bump up the price a fair amount and then all the laggards all the people that weren't really you know didn't really want in and have ignored it and are looking at this news and are still ignoring it they're going to see what happens to the price after this and then they're going to start their process of buying in and they'll be buying in probably at the top and those will be the same idiots that end up dumping um that's that's my hot take or guess as to how this is going to play out because you know companies they're still run by people and people have emotions. And I think the, the people that uh, are a little too irrational and, and not very thoughtful with their money will be the ones that really make bad decisions here. Anyways, uh, another interesting little bit of news. Now, the mayor of Miami, uh, Francis Suarez, has been big on Bitcoin and has been pretty public about it as of late. He talks about wanting to put part of the city's treasury into Bitcoin. He wants to give uh, city workers the option to be paid in Bitcoin, and he wants to give citizens the option to pay their taxes in Bitcoin. Now, 
a bunch of people, you know, the normies out there are very, very worried or, or are pushing back quite a bit at the idea of putting part of the city's treasury into Bitcoin, even though it would be a very small allocation, I'm sure, like a couple percent or something like that. But when you see that headline and all you've ever seen about Bitcoin is, is again, what the mainstream media tends to put out, which is the extremes. Either it's gone up a million percent or it's crashing. That's all you ever see. Or it's boiling the oceans. If that's all you ever see, then your your opinion is not going to be very well-rounded. Anyways, uh, <laughs> this interviewer here brings up um, Janet Yellen calling Bitcoin extremely inefficient. And Francis Suarez's reply to that was excellent in my opinion. He said, it doesn't surprise me at all that a treasury secretary would find a decentralized potential currency to be hostile to a currency that they control. Pretty succinctly put, uh, I'm liking this guy more and more. He's going to be at Bitcoin 2021, by the way, which is now being hosted in Miami. Uh, so he's going to be a speaker there. Um, I, I hope to be there for that. I do have tickets. And as long as I'm able to get across that border to get into the US, then I shall be attending. That's in June, June 4th, I think, 3rd and 4th or 4th and 5th. I can't remember, over the weekend. Anyways, hope to see you there. Let's keep going here. Uh, Bitcoin rises after China region declares war on crypto mining. Okay, what's actually going on here? China, China's inner Mongolia has banned cryptocurrency mining and declared it will shut all such projects by April, spurring fears the world's number two economy will take more steps to eradicate the power-hungry practice. The autonomous region, a favorite among the industry because of its cheap power, also banned new digital coin projects according to a draft plan posted on the Inner Mongolia Development and Reform Commission's website on February 25th. The aim is to constrain growth in energy consumption to about 1.9% in 2021. Uh, so this this kind of happened as we we're in the low 40s, 40,000 something dollar range. And then this news came out and then it Bitcoin just kind of shrugged it off like it doesn't even matter. And in my opinion, the reason being is there's just been so much China FUD in the past, so much fear and uh, fear, uncertainty and doubt coming out of that region in 2017 during that bull run. China banned Bitcoin multiple times. The thing is, once you ban it once and you have to then say it again, it's very clear that the first time was not effective. And so hearing this, it's just kind of like, well, whatever, I guess. And those of you curious about the implications of shutting down Bitcoin miners in a particular region, it really doesn't matter because Bitcoin has something called the difficulty adjustment. Roughly every two weeks, the difficulty of mining adjusts in Bitcoin to accommodate or pull back and make easier uh, however many miners are currently mining, however, however much what's called hash rate is mining on Bitcoin. So um, Bitcoin blocks of transactions are supposed to be confirmed roughly every 10 minutes. If it takes longer than 10 minutes, then there are less miners trying to mine. And that means that it needs to be a little bit easier. So that's what would happen in this case. You might see that uh, transactions take a little bit longer for a couple of weeks and then it normalizes. When Bitcoin miners pile in, uh, 
and blocks are coming faster because more people are trying to mine, again, that also readjusts in and around the two-week time frame uh, to make it more difficult to mine Bitcoin. So it, it's really inconsequential. There's so much hash rate. There's so many miners around the globe. I mean, China could full out ban Bitcoin mining and literally shut everything down. And at this point, it really wouldn't have too much of, of a, a bearing on Bitcoin itself as it functions. It would slow down for a two to three weeks and then we'd be right back to normal. So does not matter. Now, interesting, on the polar opposite side of the spectrum, you have Kentucky. They just passed a bill uh, to give tax breaks to local miners. So lawmakers in Kentucky are looking to impose tax breaks for local cryptocurrency miners. Kentucky lawmakers on Tuesday approved several state tax breaks, including House Bill 230, which would remove the sales tax from electricity purchased by local crypto mining operators. According to a report by the Lexington Herald leader, uh, Kentucky legislators voted 19 to 2. So you know, pretty, <laughs> it was basically almost unanimous uh, for the measure. The bill's fiscal note is reportedly estimated to cost the local budget at least $1 million annually. The exact cost cannot be calculated so far because it is unknown how many of the businesses might choose to locate here to avail themselves to this exemption. So what they're banking on is they're like, hey, we're going to take less tax from miners. In fact, we're not going to charge sales tax for electricity to get these businesses to hopefully relocate to in Kentucky, mine Bitcoin, and then bring their business here and bolster our economy. I think you're going to see more of this. I think you're going to see more jurisdictions trying to make themselves appealing to get Bitcoin miners to come to them because it will bolster their economy. Uh, I'm excited to see who moves next. I think I think China is just taking the opposite approach. I think it's not going to work. And I think approaches like this are going to drive innovation and attract innovators. Anyways, um, this is interesting. On Forbes here, uh, cryptocurrency purchases made in US dollars are not reportable to the IRS. So you do not have to report if you've just bought Bitcoin and you have not sold it. Okay, so let's clarify here. Uh, question. The 2020 form 1040 asks whether at any time during 2020 I received, sold, sent, exchanged, or otherwise acquired any financial interest in any virtual currency. During 2020, I purchased virtual currency with real, I like how they use real currency. Anyways, I purchased virtual currency with real currency and had no other virtual currency transactions during the year. Must I answer yes to the form 1040 question? And the answer to that is no. If your only transactions involving virtual currency during 2020 were purchases of virtual currency with real currency, you are not required to answer yes to the form 1040 question. So what they're looking for is, did you make a, a gain, a, like an actual material gain? Did you take dollars, purchase cryptocurrency in any form, and then later sell it to make a, a, a gain to realize your dollar gains on that asset? So you don't even have to say that you have Bitcoin unless you bought it and then sold it. Uh, cool. I like that. Um, 
it actually directly incentivizes buying and holding, <laughs> which is fantastic. Uh, Wasabi and Bull Bitcoin came together to grant uh, to give a grant to support Bitcoin Knots development. Uh, so I'm just going to kind of scroll down here. Basically, uh, ZK Snacks alongside Francis Pouliot, the CEO of Bull Bitcoin, have come together to make a 0.86 Bitcoin or $40,000 contribution uh, in support of growth and development of Bitcoin Knots, which is an open source enhanced Bitcoin node and wallet software. More specifically, Bitcoin Knots is a Bitcoin full node and wallet software, which can be used as an alternative to the popular Bitcoin Core. So Bitcoin does have multiple implementations. You don't have to be running Bitcoin Core. You can be running Knots or uh, Bitcoin. There's a few different ones. Anyways, uh, I like that. Um, I like that Francis said this. Cypherpunks write code, but cypherpunks don't always get paid. We can't expect the world's most talented experts to contribute indefinitely without financial compensation. If the companies that profit from Bitcoin open source development don't provide the necessary funding, who will? Uh, so this goes directly to Luke Jr. And uh, he's dedicated years of his life to the advancement of Bitcoin technologies. So hats off to not only Wasabi Wallet, but to Bull Bitcoin, to Francis over there. And uh, congrats to Luke for getting some funding to continue to work on Bitcoin. Great to see. Uh, speaking of making money in Bitcoin, there's a great new website. So if you're into Bitcoin, if you're a Bitcoiner and you want to find some work in and around with Bitcoin only companies, you need to go to bitcoinerjobs.co.co. Bitcoinerjobs.co. And if you have a Bitcoin company that wants to list jobs here, you can do so as well. You can see lots of different companies in here Swan, Bitcoin Magazine, Ledin, Chaincone Labs, Open Node, Start Nine Labs, BitRefill, Unchained, Strike, Casa, Lightning Labs. Uh, hodl, hodl, fold, bit refill, more unchained. There's a whole bunch of different positions here. Go on, take a look. If you're looking for a job and you feel like you can contribute in some way, there's listings here. If you own a company, list your uh, positions here. I love this. I love that, you know, uh, when I wasn't working for myself, this would have been just so beautiful to have this place where I could just come and say, hey, this is right up my alley. I love what I do. I love Bitcoin. I don't want to work for like a casino. Uh, this would be my my mecca that I would be drawn to. So check it out. Stoked to see that. Um, I'm going to I'm going to end on a couple things here. This is out of Lebanon. This is super unfortunate. Um, protesters blocked roads with burning tires and dumpsters across Lebanon on Tuesday after the currency tumbled to a new low in a financial meltdown that has fueled poverty. We have zero quality of life. It's even less than zero, said one protester. Uh, protesters shut down a main highway out of Beirut while people took to the streets in other cities as well as after the cost uh, as well after the cost of scarce dollars hit 10,000 Lebanese pounds on the informal or black market. So the interesting thing about Lebanon is they're trying to and unsuccessfully trying to mask the fact that their their currency is being hyperinflated. So officially on the official government regulated exchanges, if you come into the country with US dollars and want to get Lebanese pounds, which you, you're going to need to pay for things, um, you will only get 1,520 Lebanese pounds for a single US dollar. However, 
on the black market or rather the free market where people are actually freely trading uh, dollars, not through government sanctioned exchanges, it's going to cost you almost 10,000 pounds. So, you know, seven, eight, nine, depending on where you go, seven, eight or nine times uh, the amount. So it's, it's a total fallacy that the exchange rate is $1 to 1,500 Lebanese pounds. And these people are seeing it tumble more and more. There's been like 90% devaluation over the past year, year and a half. It's crazy. These people's savings have literally disappeared and sifted through their fingers. Um, and you're going to, honestly, you're going to see more of this. Um, you can't, you can't increase the global money supply multiple times over in such a short period of time and not have fallout like this. Um, you know, we've seen Venezuela, we've seen Argentina, now we're seeing Lebanon, we've seen hints of it in Turkey. You know, I, th I think you're just going to start to see more and more small countries start to succumb to this until some larger countries do. Because I don't think we're going to slow down on the money printing, guys. And this is the exact reason that Bitcoin exists, to give an alternative to give an alternative to every single currency on the planet following the same path, just at different speeds. Uh, so yeah, scary to see. Um, but hopefully uh, Bitcoin can at least be an off-ramp for some people. Uh, and then finally, on a lighter note to finish up, uh, very happy to be involved in this. This is called the Bitcoin Voice Paper. So Craig Wright came out and sued Bitcoin.org and BitcoinCore.org uh, for hosting a copy of the Bitcoin white paper because he claimed copyright on it. And he said, it is mine. You cannot put this on their website, on your website. BitcoinCore.org took it down because they're like, listen, we don't have the time or resources uh, to deal with this. If you guys want to fight this, you're going to have to fight it yourself. Bitcoin.org and... Uh, uh, Cobra, uh, who manages that uh, anonymous manager of that website, uh, he basically told him to fuck off and kept it up. And now he's being, uh, they're giving a court order to him to disclose his name and address and contact information. I kind of doubt he's going to respond to that, but we shall see. Uh, regardless, this was a fun project put together by a ton of different Bitcoiners. I believe 150, how many were there? 159 Bitcoiners in this video, and we all get to recite a line of the original Bitcoin white paper. We go all the way through it. I think it's fantastic. I'm somewhere in the middle there. You can see me. There's my little thumbnail somewhere on the left hand <laughs> side there. Anyways, fun, worth a watch. I did get to write my wear my uh, Craig Wright as a fraud shirt for the occasion. Be sure to check it out. Um, link will be in the show notes. With that, guys, I'm going to wrap up. Thank you so much for joining me. We had like 100 people here watching live. Smash that like button. Give it a share. And if you're not already subscribed, please do. All of those things really, really help get this in front of more people. And be sure to join me tomorrow. I've got a, an excellent uh, cast for WOB or Why Are We Bullish? Be sure to check that out. If you want to help with the show in another way, you can hit up the sponsors I mentioned before down below, Ledin, Kobo, BitRefill, and PrivacyPros.io for the bill follow. All of that is down below. And if you really loved what you saw, you can drop me a Bitcoin Lightning Network tip at my tippin.me page. That is T-I-P-P-I-N dot me slash at BTC sessions. With that, I'm out. Have yourselves a wonderful day. Oh, wait, before I go, hold on. If any of you guys are on Clubhouse, I'm hosting a big, 
Bitcoin beginner Q&A tonight uh, through Cafe Bitcoin. Uh, I did tweet it out. So head to my Twitter, find that, give it a share. And if you don't have an invite to Clubhouse, I'm fresh out, but just, uh, you know, tweet about it. And I'm sure some other Bitcoiners will uh, help you out. Anyways, tippin.me slash at BTC Sessions. Uh, I'm out, guys. Thanks. Have a great evening or a great day, wherever you may be. See you guys next time for your daily session. Hold the Bitcoin.